Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. It's time to turn on the Shark Spotlight. Nico Stern is welcomed into the Shark Spotlight today. Nico, you played your first game when you got traded right here at SAP Center, and then you became a Stanley Cup champion, so I suppose you probably have at least good memories of where a great run started. Yeah, I remember uh, meeting the team over at the uh, SAP Center uh, for my first practice, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's been a wild ride since then, that's for sure. You grew up in Germany, but Sharks fans want to know if you're related to Marco Sturm, who's one of the former great players that played here, and obviously the answer is no, but you've got a couple of brothers that played at high-level hockey, didn't you? Well, i got two brothers, uh, one younger, one older, and uh, the older one's still playing. He's uh, like semi-pro back home right now. Um, the younger one actually transitioned into coaching uh, over the last couple of years, so they're both still uh, very involved with uh, the game of hockey. You're from Augsburg? Yeah. Tell us about that city. Um, it's probably about 350,000 people. It's one of the oldest cities that you'll find in Germany. Uh, definitely lots to see if, you're, if you come there for, for tourist purposes, and obviously it's not too far from other big uh, tourist attractions you'll be about 45 minutes from munich and you know in the winters you can pop in a car and drive for an hour and a half and you'll be skiing in the alps so um, it's it's a very nice spot both summer and winter so it's in bavaria yeah tell us about the unique bavarian personality we know about it from oktoberfest yeah. we, we know the, the traditions there yeah uh, oktoberfest i personally actually have never been uh, since i've been here to the u.s since i was 18 so um October, I've always been here already in, in, in America, so I, I haven't had the chance to, to go to the Oktoberfest yet, but, um, you know, we have uh, every town, every city has like similar smaller versions of it. Uh, we actually just had our uh, town fair, I guess that's, what, that's kind of what you could call it, uh, over the last couple of weeks in Augsburg, and uh, it's more, more or less a mini format of the Oktoberfest, that's kind of what it boils down to yeah so where does a kid from Germany fall in love with the game of hockey and how does that all start for you um, my my parents were actually soccer they both both played soccer and I think they were just big hockey fans and uh, uh, you know the decision was kind of more or less made for me they just took us to uh, the skating lessons when I was two years old and uh, um, wasn't really that much of a conscious decision I, I also Grew up playing soccer at the same time, but uh, clearly had more talent at the game of hockey. So um, yeah, you know, I remember other other childhood memories playing. We live at the end of a college sack, so um, playing street hockey with my my brothers and our neighbors' friends uh, pretty much every day whenever we could. And uh, back when winter was still a little bit colder in Germany, when I was a kid, we had a frozen pond about you know five minutes from our house. So um, 
yeah, we just uh, we're just a hockey family growing up. Yeah. When did you start playing organized hockey? That is, uh, in a regular arena, in with uniforms and with equipment. Yeah, it's probably. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I just know that the skating lesson started when I was two, and then it's it's probably not too soon after that. I would bet it's probably when you're when you're four, five years old. Um, the arena that I grew up in uh, looks looks a lot different than it does now. Now it's all renovated and it's kind of a they turn it into a multi-purpose arena, but when I was young, it was it was open on three sides, and in the winter, the, wow. the, the leaves would blow in. So it was it was kind of the, the the real hockey winter experience that you would get. Now Augsburg has a team, right? Yeah, they have a very good team, and the uh, end up you know the pro league in Germany, the DL. So um, I, uh, I have really close connections there. I actually skate and work out with them, kind of the preseason program I do with them for for a while. So. I have really close ties there. So you live there during the summer? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I spent, I kind of split my summers between uh, Germany and uh, Minnesota because that's where, where my girlfriend's from and, and that's where I skate with my skating coach as well. So we uh, usually to start of the summer, I'm, I'm back home and then towards, you know, once the summer starts winding down and I dial in, you know, the, the skating program and uh, the hockey part of it, uh, I uh, transition over to Minnesota. Now the Sharks, as I mentioned, have had few, a few German players on the team. Marco Sturm is probably the most famous, but Marcel Gotch and Christian Erhoff have both played here as well. A couple of others, but um, their journey to the, to the uh, NHL is a little bit different than yours because when you were a teenager, you chose to come to North America uh, to play in the U.S. Hockey League uh, for the Tri-City Storm. And then you decided that college hockey in the United States was the way you wanted to go. Tell us about that whole process of getting to that point and making that decision. I think when I was probably 16 or 17, I just wanted to come to uh, America to go to school here. Uh, you know, hockey was I was a I was a good hockey player in the German Junior League, but that was about it. No, no more than that. And, and NHL certainly wasn't on my radar. Probably not even the first German league so I was very focused on uh, my academics and I wanted to go to university or college here and um, you know my uh, my family advisor uh, you know he kind of introduced me to the whole topic of college hockey which I didn't know about um, and he said that you, there's a chance that you can do both or you can combine school and hockey uh, depending on you know what level you want to play on, if it's Division One or Division Three, you might have the chance to uh, you know go pro after or not. Um, and uh, you know I, we decided to try to go the Division One route, and, and you know obviously you had to play juniors juniors first. So um, it all kind of came together, and then obviously the plans changed. You know as I as I went along in my junior hockey career, and then in, in college I got my first couple of development camp invites and then your your goals kind of change along the way and then you're like hey I could I could actually try and make this a, a good hockey career here. I want to talk about that idea of a family advisor. Uh, people that yeah. don't play the game don't understand what that is or how you get one or why you need one. Tell us about uh, that process because even in North America uh, there, that uh, topic comes up. Yeah I'm not I'm honestly not a fan of you know like kids having agents at uh, uh, you know, they kind of scoop up the, the little talent, the small talented kids when they were 12, 13. Um, this was just a guy that my coach knew, uh, Jay Lugnowski. He went to Michigan Tech, actually. He kind of just works uh, with, you know, as a scout, that's his, 
main job or player agent as well. But uh, he uh, kind of, you know, my coach connected me with, with him and he was like, you know, this kid's trying to go to, to North America and he's going to need some help along the way. And um, he helped me throughout the first, pretty much until I signed my first pro contract, he was my my advisor without, you know, me paying him a cent. So he did all that out of, you know, you know, because he saw something in me that maybe other people didn't. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it, how it went. So from there you were in Cal Porterman, then you went to Austin, uh, but before that Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you went to play in the North American Hockey League there for the Ice Rays in, uh, in 2013. That's a big change to go yeah. from Europe to Corpus Christi. Tell us about it. Yeah, my first uh, experience, uh, long-term experience in North America. I think I, I got there about halfway through the season. I think they had lost two import players, um, and they they scooped me up. And I was grateful that I finally got a chance to, to play uh, either in the North American League or the USHL. And the North American League is what it what it was, and um, it was only. Uh, you know, it was my first three or four months away from home, so certainly a big change coming over as a as an 18 year old. I was probably about about a buck 65 maybe, and I was I was tall, but there was no there was no not a lot of mass on my body, and uh, um, yeah, I just had to learn to play the game. You know, on a smaller sheet against bigger bodies, 21 year olds. Um, Certainly, uh, you know, got my feet wet uh, really quick there. Is that where you started to realize that maybe you had a really good shot to get to Division One? No, not there yet. I think I had a, I, I, I probably had a come to Jesus moment there. Um, I probably thought it was going to be a little bit easier than than it, what how it actually was. Seeing how, how there were so many players, so many good players, and I was. Uh, you know, I was not a very good player that that first year, and then that summer I really had to bear down and just put some meat on the body and just work on so many things. And then the next season was uh, a lot better, especially the playoff run in Austin, and that's kind of where um, you know the first couple of schools started to take a peek at me, and 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 Clarkson ended up offering me after that second year of junior hockey, and and. I obviously took, took that offer. Clarkson is an engineering school primarily. It is in northern New York State and it is one of the most storied traditions in all of college hockey. Casey Jones was your coach there. Tell us about going to the North Country and, and experiencing winter there and experiencing the whole hockey atmosphere in Potsdam. Upstate New York is certainly um, a little bit different from, it couldn't probably couldn't be any more different than life in California. Um, very very long and cold winters uh, up there in Canton, a small, very small town. It's a college town, really is what it is. I think we had SUNY Potsdam, SUNY Canton, and Clarkson University, and then St. Lawrence. So we had those four schools. Um, we had about, uh, we had a Walmart there and then about three bars, and that's kind of where it ends. Um, so it's probably a very different college experience than going to like a big school like a Minnesota or Notre Dame or Michigan. Um, but like you mentioned, it's a very, very good school. Engineering and business program is unbelievable. I had the chance to get a, had a really good education. And um, also Casey Jones, you know, he gave me the opportunity to step in the lineup right away as a freshman every night. And, um, you know, it, it couldn't have worked out any better. Those people gave me a big chance and they believed in me and, and I'm a very, very proud alum there.
One thing about both of those schools, Clarkson and St. Lawrence, is that they're, they're not only just a, a university team, they also represent the whole community and the whole town shows up for the yeah. game. Yeah, that's a big, big rivalry. Um, I think it's about uh, 10 minutes bus ride top down the road and, and those games are definitely the, the two or three, you know, however often you play against each other during the, year, the games that everybody looks forward to very much and it doesn't really matter if you're having a good year or a bad year you just that's a game you, you have to win and uh, you know the the celebrations and the, the parties after if you do it is there is very a lot of fun yeah. playing college hockey and getting the experience and getting the good education that you got uh, did it fulfill all the things you thought about when you were in europe thinking about what college hockey would be like you know i kind of forgot really what my expectations were but uh like it, because I said, like I said, the goals change very much every year along the way because new new doors opened up that I maybe didn't think were gonna open up to me in the first place. Um, when I thought I was just gonna focus on school, all of a sudden there was the opportunity to play hockey at this Division One level, which is really really good hockey. And then, you know, once you're there, you realize, hey, there's a chance I could maybe turn pro. And then you get your first invite, and you're like hey, I, I might be able to sign an NHL contract along the way, but the overall college experience in terms of getting the really good education, yeah, that was, um, that was you know, everything that I, I dreamt of and uh, um, was also really important to me to, um, to finish that degree after I left to play pro hockey. Have you finished? I did finish uh, my, so I left after my third year and then uh, my first year of pro hockey when I played uh, uh, in Iowa and Minnesota, I, I finished online, so um, that was uh, something that I definitely that I promised my my uh, my parents, and uh, also something that you know the program puts a lot of money into you. So I felt like compelled and to honor that uh, that commitment that I made to the school to finish that degree. You will not regret that. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's a kind of your backbone if or something to fall back on if you know we're always an injury away from you know not being able to play the game anymore and even if you do play the game for a very long time it's not as long as you think it is you know I'm I'm 27 now realistically you got maybe a, another 10 years of hockey and then um, not everybody can stay in the game of hockey afterwards not everybody can become a coach or scout or manager some people are going to transition into other roles or the business world or, or whatever so for me it was just um, very important to to be ready after my career to have a couple other other doors that might be able to open up for me what was your major uh, financial information and analysis was my major that sounds like a Clarkson degree yeah it is it is for sure so you turn pro after three years, you finish your degree, you, you go to the Minnesota Wild, you play most of the season that year in Iowa uh, for the Iowa Wild, and you had a pretty good season there. Yeah, we had a really, really good team. Uh, unfortunately, that season got cut short, obviously, because of the uh, COVID pandemic. Otherwise, I'm, I'm pretty certain we would have made a very, very long and deep playoff push. Um, very good team with a lot of very good players. Um, like I said, I got my first couple of call-ups to Minnesota that year as well. Um, overall, it's just my first pro experience. And like you said, the AHL is a very, very good league. And not only is it a very good league, it's a, it's a grind. It's a very tough league to play. And not only because of the game of hockey, but uh, travels very hard. Uh, you know, you got long, long hours, long times away from family and away from home and 
uh, compensation is not like it is in the NHL. So um, for most guys, at least. So, um, you know, that's that's just a league that, you know, you stick together with your teammates and, and your staff. But at the same time, everybody wants to move on to the next level. I think coaches, management and players likewise. So um, it's a very, very unique experience. But uh, you do come out, I think, uh, with a lot of not only a better hockey player, but with a lot of new bonds and, and friendships with teammates. One of the guys on that team was Kapo Kakinen, who's yeah. a goaltender here now. It's kind of nice to get reunited with him again. Yeah, Kapo and I have been, been very good buddies ever since. We had a very similar mentality, I think. Uh, he's very easygoing. Um, you know, uh, in Minnesota, we, we'd always get coffees together once we uh, landed on the road somewhere. Um, definitely, definitely one of my best friends, and uh, um, I'm excited to excited to have him back. He was actually, I think he was kind of joking uh, when he got traded that uh, uh, he he sent me a text saying something like, "I'll see you next year when you sign here." And then when I did tell him that I was going to sign here, it was like uh, he like went back back in our text messages and he, he screenshotted the message that he had sent me in, in March or April when he got traded. So so that was pretty funny. What about playing hockey in Minnesota for a guy from Germany? Tell me what that impression made on you. Yeah, I mean, everybody is uh, definitely involved. I think uh, you got, uh, you know, the fans are probably not only fans, they are coaches and GMs at the same time. And a lot of them think they probably know what's best for the team a little more than GM or coach, uh, coaching staff does. So that, that was certainly very interesting. but. Definitely a very dedicated fan base, that's for sure. And obviously, you know, a rink at every corner, high school teams everywhere. You got the Minnesota High School Tournament at the Excel Energy Center, and they, they pack that barn pretty good there. So, yeah, I think that's just uh, the number one sport there. And again, long winters, cold winters, but uh, that's kind of just part of the, uh, the vibe there. And lots of college hockey, too. Yeah, exactly. A lot of good college hockey and good college rivalries that... They look a little bit different now that they reorganized the, the conferences in college hockey, but um, yeah, hockey is definitely number one there. You're listening to the Shark Spotlight on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We're talking to Shark Center Iceman Nico Sturm, who was with the team for his first season. Speaking of first seasons, uh, when you came to SAP Center on the day you got traded, you went to the Colorado Avalanche from Minnesota. Before we get to the Avalanche, I wanted to ask you about the guys you played with in Minnesota. One player in particular, Miko Koivu, who just seems to have such a good reputation for uh, being a good mentor to younger players, for being a good captain. Yeah, he's, a, he's uh, one of those players where you say it's, uh, he's, a, he's a pro's pro, you know, he just... Um, he, I think he found, you know, I always had the impression that he found a good balance between being really focused and dedicated, but then also finding those lighthearted moments with staff and teammates to uh, be able to joke around. And, and he was certainly very popular. And still, I know last year, even when he, he when he popped back into the locker room as a, you know, as he took on a role uh, in the staff, staff there, that he was guys were always always excited to see him. And I think that just kind of speaks for the the player and, and the human being that he was in the locker room. How good a hockey player is Kirill Kaprizov? He's a pretty damn good hockey player. I saw it right away the first time. I, I, it was one of those preseason skates where we have like 10, 9 guys on the ice and uh, you could definitely tell right away that he is uh, that he is a special special player. Yeah. 
So you go from there and you go to Colorado. You're playing with Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, the Norris Trophy winner. And then you win the Stanley Cup. That had to be an amazing couple of months. Yeah, it's definitely a, a pretty wild ride. Uh, I learned a lot of things. I probably surprised myself with how smooth the transition was. I'm usually pretty nervous guy when I'm new somewhere, but uh, I think they just accepted me as a guy that, you know, made the team a little better in the role that they had, uh, you know, planned for me. And, and that's how they looked at me as, as a guy that could help them win the Stanley Cup. So in that sense, the transition was very, very smooth. I think uh, Jared Bednar is a you know, great coach to play for. I think he's the whole staff is really, uh, I think uh, players really enjoyed playing for them. And, um, you know, guys like Nate and Kale, they, they have a very high standard um, that they live by. And they also uh, project that standard onto other players. And they expect the same thing from, from you when you come to the rink every day. So. You could tell right away from the first day how dedicated and how focused that team was and how everybody that kind of came along, whether it was there, whether they'd been there for 10 years or they got traded there, that, uh, you know, the focus, the goal was to win the Stanley Cup and anything else would have been, you know, uh, not a successful season. And um, that's how people approach their work there every day. Have you had your day with the Stanley Cup yet? And if so, what'd you do? Yeah, I did pretty early on, actually, uh, July uh, 23rd, I think. I had it back home in Germany. I took it to the rink and had the youth team see it, and the little kids were all excited. Um, you know, there was uh, a lot of people there, a lot of fans, probably just under 2,000 people. Um, obviously special. They don't get to see the cup in, in, you know, in person. Um, it's kind of tough as a hockey fan in Germany to come over to the Hall of Fame. It's not like an everyday trip. so. Um, a lot of people were there. I tried to take my time there, take pictures with everyone. And then at night, we just had a little private get-together backyard party with about 50, 60 people. So it was a very enjoyable day. Getting to skate around the ice with it and hold it up in the air and getting to spend a day with it is kind of magical, isn't it? Yeah, it, uh, it flies by. It honestly does. It's Especially in that moment on the ice, I think so many... So many things go through your head. Um, the cup itself is not really that important. I wasn't to me, at least. I just had, you know, tried to reminisce on, on all the things and all the people that had helped me to get to that point. And I was fortunate enough to have my younger brother there, my girlfriend. And uh, like I always say to see how happy other people were, you know, friends, family, coaches for you. That um, that's even that's even better than than your own own joy when it comes to comes to the cup. Do you think that as the years have gone on that kids in Europe are starting to, to look at the Stanley Cup and think about the NHL a little bit more than perhaps you did just because of the exposure and just because so many guys from their countries are starting to play? Certainly must have changed. I mean, when I was young, the only NHL connection that I had was uh, the video games, uh, maybe a couple of YouTube clips and, and some trading cards. That was about it. There was no... NHL center ice or, or streaming of any sorts, right? So um, the exposure certainly has, has gotten better, that's for sure. So I want to talk to you about somebody named Taylor Turnquist, who uh, is a very big part of your life. That's your girlfriend. Give us more details on, on, on where that all started and, and what's going on now. Yeah, so we, uh, we, we pretty much met first, first week of school. Um, it's pretty, pretty crazy to think that's almost been six years now. So um the time definitely does fly by and um 
we just kind of hit it off right away. Um, we had a lot of weird, funny connections. We both wore number eight growing up. Um, then we both wore 17 at school, co coincidentally. And then, um, yeah, she was just a person that I connected with right away. And, um, you know, we, she's, uh, we've been together on this, on this ride, ride ever since. And she's a huge part of my life, as is her whole family, you know, whenever we're in Minnesota. Um, that's definitely my, my home away from home. Isn't it helpful too that uh, because she played the game, she understands what the playing mentality is like uh, after a game is over if things don't go that well or even if things do go well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, hockey is always a topic. Um, definitely, definitely when I, I think she kind of knows when I want to talk about it and when I don't. Uh, she's kind of, I think we kind of got that down pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's it's always nice to to have to come home to somebody and to be able to just talk it out. Especially, I think when things maybe are not going that well, and you know, going through the, the whole process of the trade and then the the whole ride to the cup, and then now we get a new journey again. Um, it's definitely makes it easier when you have somebody that's that's supporting you along the way. Do you think that uh, winning the cup and understanding really what it means to win that very tough four-round playoff series is going to help the San Jose Sharks? Yeah, I think you don't, it's, you don't really understand like how hard it is until you actually get there. You know, you, you kind of get to the playoffs, which is already very, very hard to do in this league. Um, and then you get to the first round. And then I think after you, after you win the first round and it's kind of, it's kind of a, a, a grind and you're already kind of beat up, your body hurts, you're injured, and then you think, oh, I have three more rounds of this to get to where I want to be. And it gets, I think the thing to understand is that it gets progressively harder every round. Like it's not uh, kind of like a linear progression. And then you, at the end you have like the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, a team like that that you have to beat when you're, when you're hurting the most. When, other teams have been enjoying summer for for eight weeks, um, and you're playing at the end of June. Um, I think the physical part is certainly, you know, a big part of it. You got to be ready. Your your body has to be prepared. Um, that's why summer work is so important. But but the mental part of that struggle to go through those eight weeks, there's a lot of up and downs there. Um, that's the biggest biggest part I think to to learn. You have to get your second wind, and then yeah. you get excited about the next round of the playoffs, and you forget about the bumps and the bruises, but you have to remember you have to keep going to practice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some days, to be honest, you don't feel like going to the rink when it's uh, when your body hurts and the, the sun is shining outside because it's summer already, and you see that other players are on vacation or whatever, but then you maybe come to the rink and you see... You know, we see a guy like Nate or Kale or, or even Cox, you know, he, he was good traded there too and he's an older player, how how dialed in he is, how he gets ready for practice and then you're like, Hey, if, if this guy can do it, I can I can I can push another two or three days and then you go another two or three days after that and another two or three days after that and just kinda kinda try to you know, do it in, in smaller chunks instead of trying to look eight weeks ahead to to where you wanna be. What do you know about uh, California and what do you know about the San Jose Sharks organization playing against them all of these years? Honestly, especially my first year in Minnesota, I think uh, the building was always loud. It was always rocking. Um, you know, I think obviously 
how how the fans fill the building and how they react to the team is always tied to, to the success of the team and I think that's where we're going to try to get back to this year but certainly always uh, there's always this a, you know when when San Jose I, I thought was good is was when there was a stinginess and a kind of a grittiness attached to their game and other than that San Jose honestly the west coast is probably that one area where I don't really know anything about other than the hotel areas that we stay at, that's definitely there's definitely some discovering uh, to do for for me and my girlfriend. Well, what's great too is that you've got a couple guys on the team that you know. Well, we already talked about Capo, yeah. but uh, also Luke Cunning was your teammate in Minnesota. Yeah, Luke was uh, part of my my first uh, you know pro experience there, and actually we played in the line together for a while. I think it was him, me, and and, and Jordan Greenway. So. You know, I've him, and then I obviously know uh, Nick Bonino as well. Uh, he's one of my favorite teammates. I think just uh, again a guy that you can learn from, but also very easy going, very funny. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, to you know have him back as well. What do San Jose Sharks fans need to know about you as a player? What kind of a style of play are you going to bring to this team? Yeah, I'm definitely not. Uh, you know, I think I'm 27 now. I. I, I I know what I can bring to the game. There's a certain, you know, level of grittiness, but I also think I'm I'm very good skater, very fast for my size. Definitely, the defensive side of things is kind of my forte, and that's what I've always said. I think the the offensive upside I think is very much there. That's the one thing I try to improve on a lot, um, especially this year. It's trying to shoot the puck some more, and um, you know, that's that's the biggest area for development for me. Um, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to try to do this year. Is uh, you know to to help a little more on the scoring sheet, but then also I think penalty kill is a huge part of my game. Uh, winning winning draws is uh, you know one of my one of my strengths. So um, I think that kind of ties into the penalty kill as well. You want to win that first first draw. Um, me and uh, me and Nick Bonino, we had actually an excellent uh, penalty killing pair in, in Minnesota for a while. Um, so yeah, definitely. Definitely the defensive side of aspects along with the penalty kill and, and draws, but then trying to expand uh, offensively. We are really looking forward to watching you on the ice as a member of the San Jose Sharks. We welcome you to San Jose and we thank you for spending so much time with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.